Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Basketball Podcast Network. We're your host, Al, myself, Anthony. Today is January 28th. Happy Friday. What's up, Al? What's going on, man? What's up? Another episode down, getting really close to our 100th episode. What's this, number 98? 98. Two more. Hey, man, two more, and we get to that 100. So really excited about that. Um, Al and I, we're still working on trying to figure out what we're going to do to celebrate that 100th episode. So definitely be on the lookout for that um, because... Uh, what did we decide anything no we haven't decided yet we'll keep debating we're still debating some things yeah um but in today's episode we're going to talk a little bit more about the more the the more terrence ross rumors that we've been hearing um get into a little bit of our pastor shoot and then we're going to go over some some mailbag questions that um we actually had people call in for so that's going to be exciting it's going to be uh something new that we're trying out um, but before we get into that, Al, I'm not sure if you saw, but they definitely came out with the new formats for the Rising Star Challenge. So if you haven't heard, the NBA has this format now where they're going to feature four seven-player teams competing in a three-game tournament, and each game having a final target score. So pretty much it's going to be a total of 26 players, 12 rookies, 12 sophomores, Then they're going to also include four G League Ignite players. Um, in that game what are your thoughts on that because it seems like they've really been changing this rising star challenge for a little while now uh before it was rookie versus sophomore then it turned into you know the u.s versus the world um and now we we have this new format what are your thoughts on the new format um and out of the three different formats you know which one do you prefer watching so I think it's going to be interesting to see how this this plays out. You know, we it's new. So I think anytime something is new, the first reaction as human beings that we get is, oh, man, why why change it? It's not going to work until we actually see it go live and see how it actually plays out. I like the idea of it. It makes it more interesting. I don't know about you, but I really have never watched like the Friday night of the All-Star weekend. Like, I don't really care much for it. Like, I'll watch the highlights. I'll watch the dunks on YouTube. But I'm never going to sit there on a Friday night, like order some food to watch that event. Now, this year might be different. We may have Cole Anthony in there. We may have France in there. Yeah, I was, I was going to say that because the only reason why you're not watching is because there's a lack of magic representation. True. But even, but even in the past, though, like, honestly, it's been one of those things where I'm like, eh, I can watch the highlights. This might make it a little more interesting, the whole tournament approach. It, we'll see how it plays out. I'm just excited that we'll have magic players there to to kind of try it out and I'll actually be watching to see how it plays out. Um so we'll see. Last time they did something like this was with the All-Star break, uh, All-Star game when they actually went ahead and, and introduced that fourth quarter um the rule, I forgot the name of the rule right now. Um but yeah, that was like the last time I remember them making a the change to the All-Star game and that was exciting. Yeah, cuz that that was a a unique way of kind of making an adjustment to the All-Star game and it definitely mm-hmm. made it way more competitive. Um in, in regards to, you know, the the Rising Stars, I, I want to say the last game that I really sat down and watched was when Mario Hazonia was in there and he went absolutely bananas. And we really thought that, you know, man, this this is this is the guy he's doing against all the talent. Like we we were really like super hyped about it. Um but you're you're 
you're right, man. I, I really didn't care too much about it. A lot of it has to do with the lack of representation for the magic. Um, I, I really never cared for the celebrity. Do they still do the celebrity? They still do, remember. but same thing. Do it. I don't yeah. even care for the it. The last one that I saw that really sat down and watched was when um, they had it in Orlando and, and J. Cole uh, was playing in that celebrity game. But that was, that was literally the last time that I've, I've watched it. I like the idea of this format. I like that they keep you know, tweaking things to kind of make it more um, entertaining. It's going to be interesting to see how they kind of work this three-game tournament um, and kind of how they do the score. Is it going to be exactly how they did in the All-Star? I'm sure they came out with this information already, but I really didn't see it. Um, but I'm I'm excited for it. I think that's going to definitely make it more competitive. And how are we not going to watch? We know for a fact. And if it doesn't happen, we're rioting. It's 100%. Maybe not writing. Maybe peaceful protesting. Does that sound better? Peaceful protesting. If Jalen Suggs, Franz Wagner, and Coy Anthony are not a part um, of this Rising Stars Challenge. I mean, we think about the fact that they have to have 12 rookies. I don't know about you, but I, I find it hard to believe to come come up with 12 rookies from this year's draft class that wouldn't include Franz. Of course, Franz will be there, but actually even Jalen Suggs, even though he was injured for a portion of the season, I think he's played well enough after coming back to earn um, an invitation. And then, of course, out of the sophomore class, Cole Anthony, without a doubt, deserves to be there. So I think we have a good chance of having three guys in there uh, representing the Magic this year. Yeah, so that's going to be fun to watch. I'm definitely going to keep an eye out on it. And I'm kind of hoping that, uh, you know, it, I wonder how it would work with three, you know, with the, the, the amount of games that they'll be playing. Is it going to be an overall MP? Is it going to be, you know, their, their finals or whoever wins the tournament? But I, I got my money on Franz. Whatever MVP accolade they do for this now new rising star, I got my money on Franz on leading the way. Forget Evan Mobley, Kate Cunningham. It's all Franz. Yeah, I mean, don't forget about if, if the sophomore some way, somehow win. I'm not sure how they're doing this either, but don't forget about Cole Anthony. He's one that, that, that can't step up and, and put on a show. Uh, if he has a good shooting night, and puts on a show with a few nice dunks, he might be an interesting uh, sleeper in there. I mean, you you bring up a, a good point. I would imagine that, you know, it's it's mixed. You're not going to have two rookie teams and two sophomore teams. Or maybe you do. So. Maybe you do. Nah, it would probably be better if they mixed it up. For sure. I think so, too. All right, man. So since this last podcast that we had, we played three games. Um, a, a pretty pretty unimpressive loss against the Lakers. Big win against Chicago and then a loss against the Clippers. But we really want to talk about that Chicago game. Yes. What a game. Thoughts on it? Man, uh, what can you say, though? It, it was one of those games where the team finally looked like, man, like this is what these young guys can look like when they play well, when the shots go down, and when the guys that are supposed to play well, play well. Uh, Jalen Suggs put on a show in that game completely. A few amazing dunks, 360. The dunk uh, that made it number one dunk of the week and also made it number one play of the day uh, on Sunday night. Uh, the dunk over DeMar DeRozan. I mean, a sick dunk. I, I was happy. I was, thankfully enough, I ended up going to this game. I debated going. Uh, I ended up showing up to the game. And man, I had a great look at that dunk live. And the reaction of the crowd, Terrence Ross, even uh, Marcatelli, you can see him in, in, a, in, a, in a picture somebody posted on Twitter of his reaction of that dunk. Um, amazing performance by the Magic. Again, it was great to see that they, when they play well, they can put on a show. Uh, and this this young guy, especially, they're athletic, man. They, they should be all, all getting on the fast break more often. 
trying to put on a show uh, with some nice dunks every game. They have the ability to. I think sometimes they're too reserved and they don't show it enough. Uh, but man, the Orlando definitely looked like Magic City that night, uh, as Jalen Sox called it. Yeah, I mean, now what what are your thoughts on the? I guess the, I don't want to call it backlash, but definitely the uh, the criticism that Jalen Suggs got from the from the uh, commentators from the Bulls. They weren't happy with the fact that you know after a really big play from Jalen Suggs, that this guy was you know banging on his chest you know, talking to the crowd because there was a lot of Chicago Bulls fans in there and kind of making noise. Um, they were criticizing Jalen Suggs, kind of making remarks like, dude, you only won eight games. Like, why Why are we doing, why are we being extra? Why? And I really thought to myself, like, what, what, is, this, what is this man expecting for Jalen Suggs to act like? Like, this dude had, in my opinion, could be wrong, could be biased, dunk of the year. This dude slammed down, not just just some random scrub on the Bulls against DeMar DeRozan. It's a big deal. And um, apparently there was a a heckler in the stands and Jalen Suggs got he got hyped. And he was talking to that heckler, letting him know that it's Magic City is his team is his town. I don't I don't see why why they have an issue now. I guess I kind of get it like he's standing up for his Bulls. Yep. I get it. He he wants to make sure, like, yo, dude, calm down. It's not that serious. But for us, it is that serious. What were your thoughts on it? I think we're just not used to it, right? So we're blessed that we have Jeff and and David calling the games for the magic. And they're so non-biased, right? Like they're they keep it so professional. Um and I think that it makes it hard for us sometimes when we watch other teams defend their teams and, and kind of go at it and, and and find offense in a player celebrating. Um, but not for nothing, man. I mean, like you said, Jalen Suggs, young guy, has struggled earlier in his rookie season, just came back from an injury. They finally win a game. Like he said, yeah, it's only been eight games. It's true. Our ninth win just happened. Hasn't happened very often. And not in the fashion that it happened this time. Like, again, they put on a show in that game. They really, really did. So, heck, you're allowed to celebrate. You win the game, you celebrate. And like you mentioned, had he done it towards the players of the Chicago Bulls, their bench, I get it. Take some offense to that. He was doing it to a fan on the stands. He wasn't being, you know, uh, offensive again to any Bulls player, their coaching staff. It was more of, hey, this is our town. This is Magic City. You know, we're here. It's only going to get better from here on out. So I, I get it. Why he was upset? There should be again no no reason for that. If you watch the Lakers enough, I mean, LeBron James. Every time we play the Lakers and he beats us, yes, a team that has won eight nine games. He's pumping his chest. He's talking to the crowd. He's talking trash. So what's the difference between LeBron doing it and getting away with it every single time? And again, a rookie that's celebrating a nice dunk, a nice play that he did on a game that's going well for him. So stop with the bias. It's, it's basketball. It's natural to have emotion. And again, I didn't find anything disrespectful about what Jalen Suggs did. I'm not sure about you. Dude, uh, Superman dunking on DeMar DeRozan, 360 dunk in the game like this dude was going off and i and i feel as if like he he felt he knew he was struggling before he got injured oh, yeah. we all know he was struggling he comes back and he's playing great basketball and he has he has a hype moment the the thing that i want people to realize and i feel like the the commenter doesn't take this into consideration is the fact that there was a lot there was a lot of chicago bulls fan like there was a lot like oh, yeah 
you you get to the point that you start hearing the other the other teams MVP champs uh ch- chance and they start taking over the Amway like you hear that 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 affects any player like this is your home court and it's it's being taken over and the only way to drown that noise out is to compete in the level that they're competing because in that brief moment where you had that big play over DeMar DeRozan everyone doesn't matter if you went there as a Bulls fan. Doesn't matter if you went there as a casual. Like it doesn't matter. You were hyped about it because it was a massive play. For a split moment, everyone was shocked. Nobody's breathing any oxygen. Everyone is still grasping all that in. The play stops because it, there was there was a foul also, and he is he's hyped, man. He's yelling and he's screaming. And that's that's what you want. I want exactly. nothing less for my rookie. If my rookie is not giving me that, I don't want. That's right. Period. Period. And I mean, don't forget, we we're, we're also used to Cole Anthony, who in a similar fashion was a rookie, now it's a sophomore. Same thing. He has a big play. He lets you know about it. He beats the Knicks, bing bong, <laughs> right in their faces. That's like, right. Hey, I'm loving the fact that Orlando, it's no longer that Disney kind of team, that PG-13, everything has to be so clean. Yep. These young guys are coming in with different attitude, and they understand we're underdogs, they understand we are not respected in this league. And they also understand, even when we got drafted, we, we, we consider ourselves underdogs. So we're going to let you know we're here and we're only going to get better. And right now, make fun of us. We're injured. We're suffering. We're going through tough, some tough times. But it, it ain't always going to be like this. you know. And I think I like the fact that these young guys have that in them. I can't remember, again, the last Magic team that felt so passionate about the city of Orlando and making our fans proud and saying things like, we will turn this this Amway Center from a 50% Laker fans to mostly Magic fans in the near future. You love hearing that. So again, respectfully to the broadcast team of Chicago Bulls, I get where they're coming from, but also try to put yourself in our shoes. And they should know this. They haven't been a great team. Like, I mean, the Bulls have missed the playoffs for many, many years. That's why I don't understand. And Zach Levine throws down a sick dunk. What does he do? He celebrates. Like, that's yep. what you do. I'm sorry. It just happens. 100%. Um, so it is what it is, man. But I'm looking at the positive of this. It was an amazing game. I love seeing that from Jalen Suggs. And one thing that I also want to mention here is he said in a post-game interview that he's been working really, really hard. And actually, Kobe Price mentioned this in, a, in an article recently. The amount of work he put in at finishing at the rim while he was injured, that was really his number one focus. And I got to tell you, man, he, since he came back from injury, when he goes to the basket now, he has better balance. He's finishing at those N1 opportunities. He looks like a different player finishing at the rim. Just imagine once those three-point shots start going down, which, by the way, he made two last night that looked really good. I think this kid can be easily at 18 to 20 points score without taking that many shots because he's a smart player. He doesn't force things. So to see the dunks, to see the better finishing skills, and to see his shot kind of going down last game, watch out, people. Jalen Suggs uh, has arrived. And you can tell that you're starting to get way more comfortable in the game, and that's all you can really ask for from your rookie player. Um, he's already shown flashes of it, but very similar to Cole Anthony last season, it's after that injury when they were able to kind of take take a step back and be able to kind of watch from you know a different perspective, and then now getting reintegrated into the game. You know they're they're they did well. He's doing well right now, and the confidence is there. The game is starting to slow down, and now we're we're starting to see what you know this this player in Jalen Suggs is really able to become 
early on. And there's still so much room to grow. It's it's going to be crazy. I'm I'm super excited for you know this next Chicago Bulls game in Chicago. It's going to be super super exciting. Yes, sir. All right. Now, kind of getting into um, the next step, talking about our our record, our journey, and what that looks like moving forward. So the Magic right now are nine and forty. A little, a little rough, a little rough. So we're Alan and I. We're definitely keeping an eye on on the tank. And what I mean by the tank is now this is where we're we're really, you know, monitoring what this draft is going to look like. So uh, Jonathan Givenies NBA mock draft for 2022 listed the Orlando Magic selecting Chet Holmgren with the number one pick in the NBA draft. You and I, we we have thoughts on Chet. Chet is a very uh, you're either team Chet or you're not team Chet. There's like no in between. He's either number one on your board or number three from for the most part of what we've seen. What are your thoughts on the possibility of drafting a player like Chet from Gonzaga who has very, very close ties to Jalen Suggs? It's funny you mentioned that because um, it, people on Twitter have noticed how many tweets he's liked that are magic related, whether it is talking about Jalen Sucks, of course, and things like that, but how he's kind of keeping an eye on the NBA game and liking, you know, what the magic are either building or are doing. Um, and I mentioned it to you kind of as, as a joke the night, it kind of reminds me to last year when we kind of started hearing things like, oh, the magic may have made a promise to Franz Wagner, they're gonna draft him in the draft. And no matter who's there at number eight, they're gonna draft him. And it, it kind of happened, right? Um, Book night kind of fell off and, and they still picked France, which looking back at it, best thing to ever happen to us. Um, I don't know if it's that serious this time around and the Magic like him to that degree, but I will tell you the fact that he seems like a great kid, he's from Minnesota, played in the past with Jalen Suggs in high school, so he has a familiarity with, with Jalen Suggs, um, makes it an interesting candidate to, to be drafted by the Magic, whether it's one, two, three, or whatever it might be. Um, some people don't like how fragile he is, how skinny he is. But one thing I can tell you is this kid plays decent defense, shoots the ball pretty well, and is pretty decent scoring the ball as well from, from all angles as a seven-footer. Um, definitely a good prospect. But if you ask me personally, I think that Paulo or Jabari Smith may be, in my opinion, more NBA-ready right off the bat. Uh, he may be in the being a better prospect on the road and better, a better player overall. But right now, in today's, what we know so far, I think that the other two kids, uh, Jabari and Paulo, might be better suited uh, for the NBA game right away. So if the Magic's approach is we want a rookie to come in and help us right away, they might be better fits. Um, if, they're, if their whole idea is we want maybe the higher ceiling, then Chet may be that guy. What about you? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, so he's played, what, 17 games, averaging 13.6 points a game, shooting close to 40% from the three-point line in Gonzaga. Uh, he's a seven-footer. He's You kind of look at him and you see him as the modern-day unicorn, right? Someone that's able to do a little bit of everything. Um, you have concerns with his weight. He is really skinny, um, sitting at 195 pounds. But if you see him play, he's actually pretty physical in the paint. Like he's not afraid of the contact. He's going to go in there. He's going to try his best to, you know, bang it out, throw elbows, whatever case may be. But he's, he at least shows flashes of that. Mm -hmm. You take a look at what, you know, and I'm not comparing the two by any means, but you take a look at what Kevin Durant looked like when he first got into league, even Jonathan Isaac, what he looked like when he came into league. 
Uh, I don't want to necessarily worry about weight too much because that is something that is fixable. There's going to be a whole entire dedicated team for nutrition, for ways to kind of get him to have that NBA body ready. And what makes it interesting with the top three picks, you have Paolo, you have Jabari. They're, comp- they're The three of them are different weight classes. Mm-hmm. You got Chet that's weighing, what, 195, Jabari 220, and then Paolo 250. Yep. So it's it's kind of they, – they for the most part, they're, they're all forwards. In today's NBA, they can probably all play center. But what do you want now? You want I, – I like – I'm a fan of Paolo. I think that he already has an NBA-ready body, and he's someone that you can play now. And I think that, for me, he has the most upside. Chet, to me, out of the three, has a big, the biggest risk because yeah. this is someone that – it may take him a couple years for him to get acclimated. Is that what the Orlando Magic want right now? If the Magic have the number one pick, there's a lot of room for errors. Like you have to be 129 million percent sure. It's a really weird, awkward number. But yes, 129 million percent sure that this is the guy. So whatever analytics system that they use that told them to draft Franz Wagner, best believe they're going to end up using that again. They better. Statistically, they're gonna this this computer is gonna tell them that you guys should draft that guy, and hopefully it works out. Hopefully they pick the right person. Yeah, the good the good thing is I again we, we'll talk about tanking a little more later on, but no matter where the Magic draft one, two, three, hopefully in, in that range, you can't go wrong with these three kids. What we've seen from them in college is it's incredible stuff so far. They seem like they'll be good players at the NBA level, so you can't go wrong with it. But we're here thinking, what if you get that one or two? Uh, first or second pick in the draft. What, what do you go? What do you do? Heck, do the Magic get the first pick and they trade down and get some assets in the process to, to get maybe a guy like Chad that they may like better? Who knows? We don't want to hear that because, again, we, we've been wanting the first pick for such a long time. We don't want to even discuss that, but it's going to be interesting what happens. And then don't forget, we have a ton of decent guys at the forward and center position in our team right now that we have, we have to figure out how would that play out, but that will be for later. We'll, we'll figure that out later on. Yeah. Now, in other news, we keep hearing Terrence Ross's name and rumors, man, is is nonstop. A lot of it could be people just speculating because you still have this this individual of Terrence Ross that just awkwardly with the Orlando Magic. When I say awkwardly, I mean, we made a major decision to go a different direction. And Terrence Ross was the only one that survived this um, trade deadline purge that we had where we lost Vucevic. Aaron Gordon, Evan Forney, and so on and so forth. Now, there's talks that the Lakers, Jazz, and now the Cavaliers are interested in Terrence Ross. Al, what do you want in return? If you are really making the decision to move Terrence Ross, what are you expecting back? So, ideally, you get a first-round a first round pick, right? That's kind of what you want. You want to keep gathering assets. Um not to the level of what OKC has done, but heck, just keep piling up on assets because you can always flip those later on. So if you can some way, somehow land a first round pick for Terrence Ross and maybe a vet that, that may be a little more on the, on the back end of his career, but wouldn't mind being in a rebuild situation, kind of like Rolo, just to match salaries. Um, that's, I think, the best case scenario for us, that first round pick. Um, the Lakers, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of. They don't have anything they can trade until 2027. Would you be okay 
with the 2027 first round pick from the Lakers? I I honestly, if you're asking me personally, why not? Sure. Why not? This is what makes the Orlando Magic's uh the Orlando Magic situation so unique is that we own all our futures, everything. Mm-hmm. We're in debt to nobody. We own it all. So maybe you could take advantage of a team like the Lakers, who right now they have their LeBrons, their Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook. They're still not doing great. So what is that team going to look like down the road? Mm-hmm. You might be setting yourself up for the future. Why Why not? I, I would I would take it. I know a lot of people might not agree with me, but why not? I keep saying if you can some way somehow get THT and that first round pick from the Lakers, which I don't think that, that might be too much, but if some way somehow you can maneuver them into getting THT and uh, that first round pick in 2027, that would mean that we have all of our picks, and then you also would have the 2023 uh, Chicago Bull uh, Bulls pick, 2025 uh, Denver Nuggets pick. And then 2027, Lakers pick. So, again, you're piling up on assets. So that that may be a move that may be interesting. Um, but I think no matter what, if you can get a first-round pick for him, that's ideal. Um, but let me also say, I wouldn't mind if he's that vet that we choose to kind of keep around. Because, again, he's been here so long. If he likes Orlando and he doesn't mind being here to this rebuild, I also wouldn't mind if we say, hey, you know what, we're going to trade Gary Harris instead and keep Ross in town a little bit longer because um, he's kind of that he's kind of the balancing act in the locker room between young guys and vets. Um, I'm going to throw a crazy idea out, crazy, outlandish. We talked a little bit about this on the Close Up Magic po- uh, Close Up Magic podcast with our guy Steven. If you haven't checked it out, definitely make sure you do so. Um, we we're on there talking a little Magic basketball. And we had mentioned that, um, kind of discussing this exact same topic, uh, like. What would like the benefits of having Terrence Ross still on the roster is the fact that you really don't have anyone else that's been a magic player for a long period of time. That that brings mm-hmm. a level of a level of culture almost. And he would support that. But the minute that you lose him, that's all you have. And then we also talked about, you know, how great would it have been if at some point in time we did have that Vince Carter type player in the locker room. What if? What if? You traded for a player like Dwight Howard. Bring him back to Orlando. I'd say that to say this. I'm not saying trade Terrence Ross for Dwight Howard. Maybe he can use Rolo. We have a lot of centers. I get it. But to have a presence like that in the locker room can be twofold. Some people may not like it because, you know, for the most part, history has shown that he hasn't been the, the greatest locker room guy. On the flip side is you're bringing a player that played for the Orlando Magic that historically will be in the Orlando Magic Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. who has played in a finals game for the Orlando Magic and could speak from a different perspective. I don't know. Crazy thought. Might be insane. But I would definitely entertain it. I think, yeah. one, Dwight Howard's been getting a crazy amount of disrespect lately. Crazy <laughs> amount. From not making the top 75 to now, there was a list that came out of you know the top defensive players in in the history of the NBA, they decided to put Rudy Gobert, what was it, number six, number seven, so. number five, somewhere along the line, maybe four. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> somewhere like under the top 10, and they put Dwight Howard 22. Like there's been so much disrespect when it comes to um, Dwight Howard that this might be a way to kind of 
help both sides. Yeah, Crazy I've always idea. said that I wouldn't mind him like in free agency as a minimum contract, third string center, like you're saying. You're gonna end your career in Orlando, make things strike, kind of make up with the franchise. I would. Oh, oh, there he is. If if you're just if you're watching on YouTube, you know what I'm saying. Uh, Doy Howard made an appearance here in our podcast. Um, in and out. In and out. <laughs> but I think that I mean, if if you can get him for cheap, yes. But he cannot be the centerpiece in a, in a Terrence Ross. No, 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 no. You no, know, no. you gotta get him as as part of the package. If anything, I no, wouldn't mind that. And when I when I mention like Dwight Howard, I really mention like having a really a, a vet that's close to the end of their career that yep. can really help from that perspective, helping the young guys. Because Makes sense. we can sit here and say, "Oh, we trade Terrence Ross, and we can get this young guy, that young guy." You need to be able to have vets. Right now, we have a minimum a minimum amount. Like, there's not that many vets. You have each one more MCW, Terrence Ross, Gary Harris. That's about it. That's it. Do we really consider like Jonathan Isaac, Markel Fultz? They haven't played enough game to be considered no. young vets. So something yeah. along those lines. I agree with you. That, that, that may work. Now, Bleacher Report they came out with an article, kind of targeting or mentioning what targets each team should go for. And they listed Patrick Willi- Patrick Williams from the Chicago Bulls as a dream target, Seti Osman from the Cavs for a realistic target, and then a Kelly Oubre Jr. as a sneaky target. What are your thoughts on those players? You know how Anything I felt about, if you've listened to our podcast long enough, you know I'm a big Kelly Oubre fan. Uh, off the bench, the dude can light it up. I-, I was a big fan when he was in Phoenix. We were hoping we'd get him for AG back in the days. Um, that never happened, unfortunately. That, that would have um, been ter- that would have been terrible. Imagine, imagine we would have did that trade. Yeah, I think we would have been in a better position for sure. Yeah, yeah um, definitely. I mean, if you could get him, that's why we're be, not general managers. <laughs> if you could get him, that that might be good off the bench. But again, I don't see him as a as a guy that wants to come here and and sit on the bench um, while young guys play above him. I don't think that's the case, and I also don't think Charlotte would trade him. The Bulls, I don't think they're ready to give up on Patrick Williams. Out of that list, the one that seems realistic to me is uh, Sadie Osman from the Cavs. I think if you trade Terrence Ross to the Cavs, which I don't know if the ma- if the Magic would do that to Terrence Ross, but if they do, but they're playing well, they are. But I think T. Ross likes the warm weather. He likes a little more of the nightlife, and I don't know how Cleveland would give you that. And we know one thing: our front office will do right by their guys. I don't think they will trade him to random cities. So, they don't want to be so, part of. So, so we will never trade a player to Cleveland. Never. We won't ever move anyone to the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think the player has to under this front office, the guy has to be like the player. What would, has to be, an what would be what would be another city that you would consider to be just as bad as Cleveland? In, in regards to just like life in general. Ah man, that's I think, rough. I think maybe it was Detroit. Who was it that said Detroit? Was it Cole Anthony that said that? They're glad maybe they didn't Detroit, go to Detroit. I think so. Maybe. Depending on your it's like likes real and industrial. Yeah. I would even consider Utah as part of that, like a qu- very quiet town, very low key. If you like the snow and you like, you know, that type of thing, great. But if you like, again, if you have kids, a family that you're bringing up, it might be a rough city. Um, but back to this topic, I think that's the only name that I see as a realistic target a guy that can come in off the bench and say, hey, just, just come off the bench, shoot a bunch of threes. He can shoot him at a high level. It could help us right now. And if he's happy with the role of being kind of a, a young vet off the bench, 
might help us in the future also as part of the rebuild. So that's a name that to me doesn't sound too bad, uh, but I would need more than just him. I would need maybe a second round pick thrown in, ideally a first round pick, but I don't think we get that uh, in, in that trade. How about you out of that list? Is there anybody that kind of seems real to you? I mean, Kelly Oubre was someone that really, really wanted to be in Orlando also, but that was when we had Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon, Nicola. Mm -hmm. Like, to me, that made sense. Now it doesn't make any sense. Um, really, all I want is you either... I, I still like the idea of trading for a future first round. I don't care when it is. It can be five, six, seven years from now. It can be the following year. I, I, I don't care what it is. Just continue to help this team grow. You, you think about once the team is finally jiving together and we're getting to a point where we're winning games, <clears throat> imagine finally being able to add rookies to that team that's really able to help that team over the edge. And I think that long-term, that would make more sense to me. All, I, I care. What I care about is a focus around the draft capital. And I think yep. that that should be the primary focus. What concerns me is we really didn't get that from Evan Forney. Obviously, different contractual you know situations but that's something that i would i would definitely put as a priority yeah i think the benefit is that you have terrence ross who has a year left in his contract so if a team like the lakers gets him you have basically this year and next year with him under contract um so he can help you not only this season but also next season i think with fournier the issue was you only got him for two months so why give up a first round pick for him like it's, right. it's a rental so I think that may benefit us. Um, that may be the issue with Gary Harris, which I know we'll talk about later, but that may be the issue with him. He may not return a first-round pick for that reason. Absolutely. All right, so now we're going to transition to our pass or shoot. So if you haven't been familiar with the segment, pretty much pass. Um, if you disagree, shoot if you do agree with said topic. So the very first one, will we see Markel Fultz back on the court before the trade deadline? Like, what, what what are we doing here? So the question is, are we going to see him in the next two weeks? Um, and I will tell you, I really want to shoot on this so bad, but I'm going to have to pass. Um, like you mentioned earlier, I think we talked about this with, with Steven in, in, in the um, most recent episode of, of his podcast, uh, The Close-Up Magic. And to me, it seems like the Magic have decided, hey, we have to play this Vets in order for them to, to audition them to all the teams that may want them. They may want to see them out there in the court. Let's bring back Markel once we move those vets and those minutes open up, which from that perspective, it makes sense. He's still rehabbing. He's still practicing. He's getting better conditioning. So when he comes back, maybe that minutes restriction may not be 20 minutes. Maybe it is 25. Maybe it is 30 because he's in, in such good shape now. So I can see the benefit of that. Uh, but unfortunately, I'm going to lean on that and say that I'm going to pass on this. What's going on, Magic fans? The NFL playoffs are getting intense, and only four teams remain in the NFL playoffs. And that means only four teams left for you to bet on at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. Not a new customer? You can experience the conference championships with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. 
All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Once again, bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, and $1 wager required. One per customer, restriction supply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I, I thought this man was going to be back by December. We're already done with January. I don't know. I've 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 literally gone at the point that I've I've given up. I've completely forgot these guys are on the team already. <laughs> when they when they decide to show up and knock on the door and finally get into a game, I'll be hyped. Until then, I'm gonna be more reserved. I'm gonna say pass. I don't see him playing before the trade deadline, just because we've already passed how many fan deadlines and we still haven't seen him on the court. Yeah, it's already has it been past the one year mark already since the injury. Oh yeah. For sure. Yeah. We don't forget. Right? Don't forget this too. He joined the team in LA on December 11th, so he's been practicing with the team. Uh, we're assuming, right? Because that's what they told us that he was going to do for seven weeks now, of, officially today, seven weeks. So, and don't forget, we also heard from the Magic front office a couple of weeks ago in a radio interview saying he should be back within two weeks, maybe a bit longer. And I think the emphasis should be on. Maybe a bit longer. Maybe a bit longer. Yeah, because yeah. two weeks would have been, I think, this week already by by the home stand. Uh, the home stand, and we know now he's not playing to, uh, tonight against um, Detroit. I doubt he plays Sunday. At that point, just hold him out another week and a half. Once the minutes are there, introduce him back to the team, and he can be out there um, running the show again. I've honestly got to a point. Forget it. Don't even activate these guys. Don't play. We'll wait till next season. I've gotten to Stop the it. point. We'll wait till next season. Stop that it. way, next season <laughs> it can be a regular season. They they're a part of training camp. They we know that they're going to play in the beginning of the preseason. I'm I'm at the point that just whatever, just just wait. You know what? The thing wait. is, man, we got to get a shot at seeing what this team looks like, even if it's only a month. But we got to get to see what this team looks like with Jai Markel in the rotation. Otherwise, it's really hard from, to make decisions. From a fan, from a fan point of view, that's exactly what you want as a season ticket holder. That is exactly True. what you want. I get it. I feel a part of me feels the same way. But my guy, we we've already like we're at fifth. We're almost at fifty games already. But think about there's this. There's only thirty some games left. How do you know? who to draft, how to approach free agency if you don't know how our team looks like on the court with these guys out there, especially after a trade deadline that we may not have Terrence Ross, may not have Gary Harris. What do the rotations look like? How are they performing? How are they gelling on the court? So I think that's what you have to see. And again, it could be April. Just see them for eight games, whatever it may be. But you have to have an idea of what you have on this roster because if not, go ahead and draft one of those top three prospects we talked about already. Do you need GI on this roster? Maybe you don't anymore. But that's so, that's that's the thing. Like, okay, so I get that point. You want them to play so that you kind of have a better understanding and idea of how your team plays come the draft. But the draft, you got three big men. They're forwards. They are playing the same position that Jonathan Isaac is playing. 
Wendell Carter Jr., he, at the very least, is on the court. He's exactly what you want in a center. You're not going to start Chet at center. Wendell Carter is going to be your center next season, 100%. That's not changing. Jonathan unless, Isaac. Unless you trade him. Would you trade him? I mean, would if you, you draft, trade, if what, you draft what a big exact, guy. What exactly? What big guy are you going to draft? If you draft a big guy that will need if, if first round pick you got to play the guy it cannot be like oh we're going to come off the bench this first season you got to play that guy we have so many young guys how I know. how where where is he where are they going to start where there were holes so we we didn't have a, a true small forward that's why franz got the nod injuries that happen that's why jalen Suggs got the nod this is why we I still hope- we still don't understand what we're going to do starting wise mm-hmm like Jalen Suggs, we're, we'll, we'll talk more about that in, in a little bit. I don't want, yeah. I don't want to ruin it. <laughs> but they they filled holes. We're at the point where all these holes, they're, they're, for the most part, filled in a sense. Yes, the Magic needs shooters. Yes, we need more offensive presence. Yes. But at the same time, these are the guys that you want to develop. And we're praying and hoping that we get the top three. Your top three, they're, they're forwards. They're forwards. Yeah, maybe center. Maybe. But they're big men. I'm ju- I'm just gonna say it again. I've said it a few times in the last few episodes. Don't be surprised if the Magic CJI plays some center. I'm gonna keep saying that because mostly has played Franz Wagner at center in close games. So I don't know. In today's NBA, you can never say never to any of these crazy ideas. I just don't know how they're gonna make it work. And I also don't think the idea of maybe trading the pick if a disgruntled star becomes available. It's a bad idea. You already have plenty of young guys. So it's yeah. it's gonna be crazy. Yeah, and there's 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 talks and I, I haven't deep dove way too much, but you know, they're they're saying that this draft class isn't, you know, the greatest draft class. They're saying that last draft class is better than this draft class, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. But do you feel as if the magic are in the position to trade a top draft pick? They're not, but they have to make some serious decisions. Again, a guy like J.I., this is your guy. You've been developing him. This is your guy. This is your guy. You can't draft a guy above him, and then what do you, what do, you do? You have to I mean, trade J.I. then at that point. Did, but we did that already with Markel Fultz. We did it to Cole True. Anthony. We drafted a point guard when we already had two. That's going to be interesting. That's what I keep saying. It's going to be an interesting six months for Magic fans because a lot of things that we are now kind of debating will be answered, hopefully, by June, July. All right. Man, what a frustrating topic. Way to go out. That was, you picked that topic. All right, moving on to the next one. The Magic will win more than 20 games this season. In order for this to happen, understand that we will need to finish the season 11-22 or better. Uh, I'm going to shoot on this, expecting the fact that J.I. Markell play at some point in the second half of the season or after the trade deadline. Our schedule is one of the easiest left in the NBA. We have one of the most um, home-favored schedules left in the NBA. And the schedule gets really, really easier um, as we approach March and April. So I think if the team gets healthy at the right time and this thing's going to all come together, you can see the Magic on a little run where we win three out of four games or we win three in a row here and there. Um, So I could see that happening, but I could also see the team deciding to tank and saying, oh, yeah, you play this game, but then you might get shut down for two games after that. So who knows? definitely happening. But I think I think they have a chance at the very least. So I'm going to shoot. Yeah, I'm passing. 
Less than twenty wins, huh? Le- less than twenty wins. I I see it happening. You you're expecting so, th- kind of jumping backwards a little bit. The issue that we're having with Markel Fultz right now is the fact that everyone is everyone now is paying attention to the injury report. Like every game day, we're we're looking at it to see what it says, what's updated to, because everyone's expecting it. It can literally be any game now that Markel Fultz plays, mm-hmm. but. Again, I've already told myself that these guys aren't coming back. So I'm 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 envisioning it with the team that we have right now and how we, I mean we we lost to the Clippers. That's true. Who Re- Reggie Jackson? Justice Winslow? Mr. Coffee kicked our asses yesterday. <laughs> like it was rough. It was rough last night. And what what makes it what makes it frustrating is that you know we we played so well against the Chicago Bulls and then we it's the Clippers like we went into the game as the favorites we were up fifteen at one point it looked great and then yeah now and and I and I I say that more so from the front office than I do from the player I mean our I believe that our team is talented but I also believe that. There are certain decisions that are made that supports the tank. Oh yeah, so for sure. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm already. I'm maybe it's more me just telling myself that we're not going to win the twenty games. That way, when we do win twenty one games, <laughs> I'm a little more excited. I'm a little more hyped. There you but go. <laughs> it's it's just gotten it's gotten to the point that you know, dude, we we've lost nine out of nine out of forty nine. Uh, excuse me, we won nine out of forty nine. So it's. Crazy. So what you're expecting. So now kind of transitioning into our next topic. Are you starting to root for the magic to lose? We've already made it this far. Are you rooting the magic to lose? Does it does it frustrate you if we if we win? I'm, or is I'm, the tank mode on is what I'm asking. So the question is, am I starting to root for the magic to lose? And that would be a pass. Uh, I'm not there yet. Um, I'm still enjoying in games, I'm, I'm rooting for them to win. I'm rooting for them to be competitive. But don't get me wrong. Last night against the Clippers, had a great time at the game, had a blast. We lost. My reaction was, hey, at least it helps the tank mode. <laughs> like, you know, it's one of those things where I'm enjoying the moment. If we win and we make Sports Center and the team plays amazing, great. If we lose, hey, helps us in the draft. Yeah, man, so feel, it's it's I'm a win win. I'm feeling the same me. way. I'm in. I'm at the point that I'm indifferent. I'm not losing sleep if we lose. I'm not losing sleep if we win. I'm way more like. Don't get it twisted. I am excited. I am hyped if we win. But if we don't win, yeah, on to the next one. Right. That's right. Just because we know that we're we're itching closer and closer to to the draft, and I think for the most part, that's the um, that's a common feeling around the fan base because nobody's saying anything about being upset that we lost maybe people might commentate you know during the games why is this happening why didn't we do this why didn't we do that what about this matchup what about you know this coaching decision whatever the case may be but at the same time everyone knows that we're already in a really good position when it comes to having the worst record in the nba and for a fan base that has a team that has a worst record in the nba everyone's taking it a lot better than the normal, the standard. Well, I think it helps the fact that we are so out of any any play of hopes. We're so out of it already. The injuries have continued to, to be an issue for us this season. We're seeing the young guys play well. So 
amidst the struggles, we've seen the positives and the players' development in the young yeah. guys. So it's like, okay, we know what we're losing. We know why the team is struggling. It's going to get better. And if we keep losing, it's going to get even better by getting a top prospect in the draft. So we must think for another month and a half, two months, when, that, much when the reward is going to be so much greater. So at this point, I, think, I even think the team itself knows it. And it's it's a known issue. Like it's a known fact. We are going to struggle this season. It's fine. We're going to bounce back next year, though. Absolutely. All right. So now we're going to transition into our mailbag. So we decided to do a a different mailbag this time around, where we're actually getting call-ins from our listeners. If you want to be able to be a part of this, we did post it on our social media on on Instagram at Orlando Magic HQ and at the Ozone Pod on Twitter. But we're going to jump into our very first one. Hey all, Anthony, how are you guys? My name is Brandon from Panama and I've been a Magic fan since 2017. My all-time favorite player is Tracy McGrady alongside Shaquille O'Neal and my current favorite player is Jalen Suggs because of his physicality, his mentality and the mindset that he's trying to uh, have the Magic acquire. My question for you guys is the following. Would you rather have Jalen and Markel as your combo guard or Markel and Cole as your combo guard and and have Jalen come off the bench and would you rather draft chet to play as your center and have ji as your power forward or would you keep wendell at center and draft javari or paulo to be your forwards thank you guys and keep on doing an amazing job all right appreciate you brandon for uh leaving that for us um i think it's interesting because this is a question that uh we've really been asking ourselves all season long what are the magic going to do with that point guard position especially mm-hmm. when markel gets back we know that markel is the best point guard that we have on the team but that two guard spot is where there's questions right a lot of people have talked about you know comparing markel and cole anthony with you know fred van vliet and uh, the other guy's name that we don't like using the guy with that always injures one of our players the one that <laughs> Cal Lowry, that guy, that guy. Um, yeah, with 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 those two, you know, we talked about them being able to play that that kind of combo guard, right? Um, but is that is that really the direction that you go with with the player like Jalen Suggs? Now, a lot of people say, you know, Jalen Suggs really isn't a point guard; he's really more of a someone that can play the two. But you're really making a decision between Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs. What do you do? It's tough. And I mean, I can't make a decision until I, see, until I see these guys play on the court. So I haven't seen Markel yet. I don't know what he looks like. So I can't make the decision right now. Ideally, when he gets back and he's uh, back from his injury, you see him for maybe a week or so coming off the bench, let him, let him kind of ease himself back into things. Um, but yeah, at some point, that will be a conversation. What do we do? Um, it's tough. But if I had to give an answer right this moment, I would say you start. Right now, you would start Markella point guard with Cole Anthony. I feel like Cole is a better scorer at this moment, which the team would need with that starting lineup. So that would be my choice. So Markella the one, Cole Anthony at the two, even though he's a little bit undersized, Markell might have to play the two on defense. Um, that's how I would do it. How about you? What, what would you decide to do if, if you were the coach? I think that's the only thing that really makes sense. Mm-hmm. Just, just from a competing standpoint, 
I think it really is going to be Mark Hill and Cole Anthony. Jalen's a rookie. I think that only makes sense for him to come off the bench. Will the Orlando Magic play Mark Hill starting right away? Maybe no. yes, maybe no. I don't. I don't think so. They always kind of take their time integrating these guys. So I I see that happening. Um, but it's only a matter of time before you know once he's healthy on the court, Mark Hill will take the reins from it. I think Jalen Suggs would be more receptive to coming off the bench. I think long term, um, there there's definitely going to have to be a decision that's made. I think Markel is has a mindset of a starter. Cole Anthony has a mindset of a starter. Jalen Suggs, they have the, all the exact same ambitions. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of tough decisions that, that need to be made. And I, for one, am super happy I don't have to make any of those decisions. I don't, all we get to do is sit back, watch, and, and talk about it. That's right. And then the second part of that question, which was about uh, draft in the draft and how, do, how we approach things, I think personally myself, how I would like to play that office, I would say you keep J.I. at the four with Wendell at this moment, and whoever the rookie is, you play him off the bench initially. Um, at least the first few months of the season, even though it might be the first pick in the draft, second pick, slow, because again, we have guys that have earned those minutes, I feel, at this moment, especially if J.I. comes back healthy and looking really good. You have to give him a chance. Now, that trade deadline comes around the corner, and you're seeing this rookie play really, really well, then you make a decision, whether you trade Wendell, whether you trade J.I., whatever that may be, um, but initially, I, I, that's what I would like to see. I want these guys that we have on the roster right now to have a chance to show what they can do before you make the decision. It, I mean, it makes sense. At, at the end of the day, it's we're here to win games. You want to be able to have the best players on the court. Figure it out when it happens. Mm-hmm. If you're saying that you know the Orlando Magic have a problem because there's too many talented players, one, that's a really good problem to have. Two, once you get everybody here, you figure it out. Let them battle. I can only imagine how the practices are going to be um, when you have a fully healthy Markel, Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony, Jonathan Isaac, Wendell Carter, and whoever it is that we decide to bring in. There's going to be a battle, and you want to be able to see that. You want to be able to see that. For sure. And you don't want anything less. All right. So jumping into our next question. Hey, what's up, guys? My name is Juan. Huge fan of your pod. I've been a Magic fan my whole life, ever since I can remember. As of right now, it's kind of hard to pick my favorite Magic player at the moment uh, due to the fact that we're not playing so well. But if I have to pick, I have to pick Marco Foles or Cole Anthony. All time, there's no question in my mind. His name is T-Mac. There you um, go. wear Magic uniform. I'm talking about. Uh, you guys can follow me at IG, at Keep it Juan, or at Keep it Sports Pod. And I have two questions for you guys. One, what do you think will be the best fit in regards to the top prospects in this year's draft? And two, do you think Isaiah will be back in a Magic for uniform this season? I look forward to hearing from you guys and seeing hearing what you have to say. So I think I think we answered already uh, the second part of that question about J.I. Uh, at least I, I think we will see him before the end of the season. So I'm going to leave with that. Um, I'll give you a chance to, to answer that part of the question. Big shout out to Keep It Juan. Keep It Podcast. Um, I think that one of the biggest things that that we have to remember um, is when it comes to the best fit. You so when you take a look at the three draft picks, the one that immediately jumps to me as an Orlando Magic player is is Chet. Like he to me, just in my opinion, if I'm trying to read the mind of Wellham, <laughs> that's that's who's in their mind, and I think that you have 
maybe some some legs to what you're saying. Maybe there is a promise. Who knows? It's too early for the promise. But you know, he they to me he just seems like like that guy. The the length, the being able to to shoot the basketball, to to be able to have the size that he has. Like to me, he just seems like an Orlando Magic player. Jabari would be that that second for me. Because to me, I, I view Jabari as as a blue collar hustler that's going to go in there and do all the little things, um, has a good character, just fits the mold also of the Orlando Magic. Paolo, I, I have concerns about in terms of if the Magic would like him. I like him. He's he's my favorite prospect. And I hope that somehow he ends up landing to us because out of the three, I think long term, you know, he might have the the higher ceiling, in my opinion. Fit wise, I think it might be Jabari. I think fit wise with with everything, it might be him just because he's he's able to do so many different things. Do I think that the magic will go that way? No, I I I have a feeling that it's going to fall to Chet unless another team gets him before we do. It's a good it's a good uh, way to put it. I think for me personally, uh, Jabari is a guy that when you think about the type of guys that Magic like, they have to play good defense. And hopefully they have potential to shoot the ball well. Well, Jabari is one of the best defenders in college right now. He's putting on a show every night. And he's shooting the ball at about 40%. Uh, shooting five-plus three-point shots a game. So I think that name to me is a name that I'm going to keep an eye on as the draft approaches. I don't have a definite answer right now for you, Juan, unfortunately, because I don't know the draft enough. But I will tell you, if I was the GM and he was on the board, I would give him a really, really hard look because he's 6'10". He can shoot it. He can play defense. I think he fits the mold of a Magic player. But don't forget, Chad is a guy who's supposed to be the number one overall pick coming into this draft. So if he is there, like Anthony said, the Magic, I don't think, will pass up on him. The same way that when Jalen Suggs fell to them in their lap, they were like, ooh, we may like other people, but this is too good to pass up. So it's going to come down to, I think, what the team also decides to do with the current roster. Do they make any trades before that draft? But as of today, if, if we were just picking tomorrow, I think Jabari Smith is a name that to me fits the team today. Um, and he might be able to play the three a little bit too. He's not only a power four or a center. He could, he has enough speed um, to play the three, I believe as well. So that would be my guy, if you ask me. Yeah, and and what's amazing about all of this is that you know we're we're gonna find out soon, not as soon as we would like, but definitely in the near future. So big shout out to to Juan and to uh, Brandon all the way from Panama. Appreciate you guys for. Um, including your your questions if you want to be added to that um definitely be on the lookout for when we post it and be a part of the podcast um on that note al we got friday against the pistons sunday mavs tuesday is is the game that i'm circling for chicago definitely can't wait for that um that additional round against the bulls and then wednesday at indiana Uh, what are your thoughts on those games what are your predictions I can see us winning at least one of those games, uh, maybe even two, if Indiana doesn't come up playing well, uh, that Wednesday night game. Um, the Pistons at home, you got to find a way to win that game. But to realize we're only ahead of them by three games right now for the worst record in the league, do the magic um, find a way to tank tomorrow and, and, and in some way somehow lose that game. Are you hoping we lose against the Pistons? I'm not. I wouldn't mind seeing a win. Friday night, I'm going to the game. Give me a win. Make me, have me leaving fun and happy at Amway Center tomorrow. Uh, but again, 
I wouldn't be surprised if the team also loses. They haven't played well against Detroit for whatever reason this season. Um, so I think we might win tomorrow. We might win in, against Indiana. But in Chicago, all I want to see is Jalen Suggs throw down a big dunk. I wouldn't mind another 360 in Chicago. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping to see a really big game against the rookies, um, uh, with the rookies against Detroit. Just uh, all this talk about Kane Cunningham and and the the amount of disrespect that Franz Wagner has been getting right now on the rookie ladder. They have him, you know, fifth on the rookie ladder with Evan uh, Mobley, Kate Cunningham, Scotty Barnes, Josh Giddy in front of him. There's been a lot of disrespect with Franz. I don't I don't know how we go from him being number one on the list and then him dropping all the way to five. Like I know that he wasn't dropping, you know, 25, 30 point averaging. I like I get that, but we're we're just for we're forgetting everything he's been doing consistently all season long. So and I'm hoping I'm hoping that they they you know they he has a good game against Detroit and against Kate Cunningham where we're able to put a little more respect on the same. And one thing to add to that too, if you look at the stats for the month of January France, even though he's been uh, scoring less, still has better stats than Scotty Barnes. So again, when you want to drop him in the, in the, in the rookie ladder, Crazy. it's not making any sense. The reason why. Insane. Insane. We need to do research, find out who's in charge of this whole <laughs> rookie ladder. Um, and then definitely circling Chicago. Chicago is going to be a really fun game to watch. I'm hoping that um, Chicago is a game just out of pride perspective. I spent a solid hour and a half after their magic Chicago game talking smack to Chicago Bulls fan. I had a <laughs> lot of time for them. So um, I, I'm pretty sure that they have my information saved. So if we end up losing, they're going to they're gonna be throwing it right back. I mean, I had a lot of really good points I was throwing out. So I need to make sure that they don't come back my way. If we um, lose that night, we just got to go to sleep a little earlier that night. Can't yeah. Sleep. Yeah. I'm, I'm logging out. I'm logging out completely. Turn off my notifications. Um, but we'll we'll see what ends up happening, man. Um, really exciting. There's gonna be some really fun games. Um, and a lot of things, a lot of things happening, man. Getting close to that February 10th trade deadline. I would imagine that the rumor mill will start heating up as well. Um, but on that note, man, I appreciate you guys so much for listening. Very, very close to that 100th episode. We appreciate you guys completely, and we'll catch you guys next week. It's a wrap. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. For all the latest Orlando Magic news and updates, follow us on Twitter at the Ozone Pod and on Instagram at Orlando Magic HQ. Remember to subscribe and leave a five-star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.